In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm here <laughs> with the one and only guy from uh, Cleveland Browns Daily, Bo Bishop. Bo, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. I'm one of two. I mean, Zagur is the franchise. I'm just kind of, you know, I'm the, I'm the helper. He's the franchise. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Nathan. Uh, you know, you just come back from suspension. I'm not sure if you're in the good or bad books at the moment. So, And uh, I'm here with my uh, co-host tonight, Dan. Dan, how are you? Very good, thanks. Excellent. So let, let's start off. First of all, thank you very much for your time. Oh, it's a pleasure. I love this. Is uh, I have great admiration for uh, for many things that, that originate from your fine country. So this is a thrill. This is a very tough act for me. The last guest you had on your show was Snoop Dogg. This yes, was so the most. Us. This was one of the most surreal moments of my broadcasting career. And um, look, when you do this for a living, you end up you end up seeing. In, in, in talking to incredibly famous people in the sports world regularly, even in the political world regularly. And so some of the, the biggest, you know, sports stars, you know, in our country from LeBron James to Jack Nicholas to Tiger Woods, like all of those people I've interviewed at various times, but Nathan and I doing the show today, we're sitting there and he got a text and it said, we think Snoop Dogg is in the building. <laughs> <laughs> so and it wasn't I, even planned. We're on the show, and I'm like, the? Like, there's not another one. Like, the Snoop Dogg. And then within five minutes, he was on the show. And he just walked into the studio. You'll see it on the so Brown social channels. He just walked into the studio, and then we, we talked to him for about five minutes or ten or whatever it was. But it was pretty surreal. And, like, for a 15-year-old me, I, I thought about this. Like, how do I describe – how would I explain this to the 15-year-old me and I don't, I don't have the words I, to describe that because he was just, he just for in, in that era, when he jumped on the scene, he was just the coolest human being on the planet there for a while. So it's, and he still kind of is. So it was, it was a pretty surreal moment. It was wild. Yeah. Um, I must admit, we haven't listened to your show live. We've been doing research obviously sure. for this. See? Um, bless you. <laughs> but why was he on the show? Um, so, so he just was in town, so he had an appearance. I think he's got something at like Playhouse Square coming up in October at the end of the month. And um, he was just in town, I guess, promoting that. And then he likes, you know, Jarvis and Six. So he's excited about them, and he wanted to come to practice. And he, you know, he was out on the field running around. And I think, I mean, he grew up a Steel I mean, he's a Steelers fan at heart. Um, but he came by the – he was just excited to see Baker and to see Jarvis, and away we went. I mean, it was, it was surreal. He's a football coach as well. Yes, he is. And we talked about that, actually. It's a great point. In Southern California, he has um, a league that he helps fund. And, and one of the things that it's done for youth in Southern California is it has gotten a lot of kids to college um, because he's exposed them to college coaches. And he's really done an incredible amount of good work with kids in, in Southern California, getting them to college. And some of them got to the league. Is he more offensive focused or def defense focused? He's offensive. He yeah, there was a show. They did a documentary on Netflix of it. Um, it was very interesting. 
So, Bo, why are you a, a Browns fan? Where did it all start? Okay, so I, I grew up in Montana, which is west of here, um, for those unfamiliar. But my wife, I married a Cleveland girl. And, um, and so we've been married about 10 years. And then when, when that happened, there was an immediate appreciation for the franchise and for the history of it and for the city and for what it means. Um, I, I, think, I think football in Ohio is just a little different. Um, we, you know, we, the, the sport was invented here. The Pro Football Hall of Fame is 45 minutes from my doorstep. And so um, there, there, it just means a little more here. And, and it was something that I, I admired from immediately upon going to games with, with my wife and her family, uh, which started about you know, 10, 12, 15 years ago, something like that. And so that, that's really where it started. And, um, and it, it just really started as an admiration more than anything else for the history of the franchise and for, you know, kind of what it means to be a Brown. Okay, excellent. And we briefly spoke last week. What's your views on uh, soccer or football? Are you really a Chelsea fan? Oh, yeah, I get that a lot because a lot of people think it's bandwagon. I, I won't pretend I grew up with it, but when I was in Florida as a broadcaster, uh, early in my career, I worked for the CBS affiliate in Tallahassee, and there was an English gentleman from Birmingham who would call me and want uh, English scores. He'd want the, you know, the soccer scores, football, obviously, as it rightfully is called, and he would want the scores. And so I would read, I would read him the scores because at that point, this is in the early 2000s, obviously, obviously internet, nobody had it. So... The only way he would get – and there, it wasn't like NBC has the – you know, now NBC has the, the EPL deal, and so they, they, they run all the games over here. You can watch any game. But in those days, you really couldn't. And so he would call me every Saturday and Sunday morning and want me to read the scores to him because I obviously had internet at the station. So I would read the scores to him. And this lasted for five years. He would call me every Saturday and Sunday morning for, you know, the 38-week season, and he would want to know the scores. And so – I started to pay attention to it. And then I thought to myself, well, you know, if I'm going to pay attention, I might as well root for somebody. And so I just picked like, what's a city that I'd like to go to someday and maybe catch a game. And I thought, well, you know, I don't want to, if I ever go to England, like I don't want to be like roped into having to go to Newcastle. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> Newcastle was a great city. I must say. I, I don't mean it to, bes to besmirch it. I don't, I just mean like London is very easy. Like I can get to London directly everywhere on the East coast, I can get there quickly and that's easy. And so, you know, London seems great. So then I looked at the London teams and uh, at that time, Arsenal would have been very bandwagony. They, yeah, they would have, they would have been really absurd to jump on that bandwagon. That would have been like the uh, Thierry Henry. And I mean, that was, that, that would have been the height of their powers. And then something never sat right with me with, with United. And I wasn't going to root for like a, I was a little bandwagony in this sense, but then I just, I looked and I thought blue and white, they got a lion. Like, that seems pretty cool. It's London. It's easy for me to get to. It's, Chelsea seemed like a part of London that I'd like to go visit someday, so that made sense. And this was actually before Abramovich. So, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. And so then when he had – then it went nuts because then – well, you guys know. So that, then all of a sudden it changed a great deal in terms of what, what I was rooting for because it was like this plucky little squad who couldn't win anything to, you know, a super team. Don't worry. I'm the uh, only one that doesn't seem to be a Chelsea fan. I'm a Liverpool fan. So I've yet well, to see us ever win a title. Well, yeah, but you got, I mean, now you got Klopp and maybe, I mean, that guy's just fantastic. And the, oh. the run to the Champions League final last year was magic. So um, I, to me, like I think of Liverpool is kind of like the Green Bay Packers a little bit 
here. Like that, I think those are real similar franchises are, are the Packers and Liverpool. Um, and and just one of the great iconic brands in all of, in all of football. So your background, are you originally from Germany? No, my family is. They, um, on both sides, they, they came over right before World War II. They got out while the getting was good. And, um, and so <laughs> at, a, at, a, uh, at, a, at a, I guess, mid, early to mid-30s, so it, probably before even before the Nazis came to complete power, but I, obviously they thought, thought something was afoot. And so they, um, they came over and uh, homesteaded in Montana, where, they, uh, have a farm, where we had a farm that I grew up on, uh, on both sides. And so that's where it was. And so I was, at a young age, I was, I, it was a lot of bratwurst and red cabbage, and German food's tough, fellas. It's yeah. tough. Sounds cry every day. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> I had a German flag for you for our first. God bless one, you. But yeah, get rid of it. I don't. Yeah, you know, the out. only thing that I, the only German thing that I, I, I do like their automobiles, and I do like uh, the German national team. I like them a great deal, and um, I was dead in one. I know. I was dealt a heavy dose of Franz Beckenbauer as walks on water from a very young age, and so. Uh, and uh, whereabouts are your family from in Germany? Just in Munich area. Okay. Yeah. Bavarian. Cool. Yep. Yep. Do you, do you come over to Europe a lot? You know, I haven't. I haven't. It's it's it just I, when you were Montana was so far west and it was such a long flight. So any time that my wife and I had done vacation, it's usually in the Caribbean or you know South Pacific that type of stuff. We have not we have not been yet, which I regret tremendously because it's uh, it's it's certainly something I want to. Do. But now I got young boys and there's no way I'm taking them on a six hour flight. No chance. It's more. <laughs> it's probably more than six hours from Cleveland. I don't think it's, it's about eight hours. I about think. eight hours. Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys are doing it right in a couple of days. Yeah, I'm, I'm flying out on Saturday. And I'm flying out in November for the Falcons game. Now, how did, how did you – I'm sure your listeners already know the answer to this, but I am intrigued how you landed on Browns. I'll start. You yeah, want. you should start. So, um, yeah, a friend of mine 15 years ago, we started watching NFL and he, he started going to the States and he started bringing back Browns T-shirts with the name Paul Brown. Oh, perfect. <laughs> You know where this is going. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so uh, obviously the Browns, wearing Browns T-shirts and hats around London with my surname. And then, obviously, as time went on, when people started hearing my name as Paul Brown, maybe, sure. it's, maybe it's similar to the UK as George Best or Alex right. Ferguson. Um, yeah, it, it was quite simple. I, I could have go to the Bengals because of the Paul Brown Stadium. That could have been an option. Right. Sure. But the Bengals are flat. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't want any part of that. When you come, have you been to Massillon High School, which is where Paul Brown coached, has Paul Brown Stadium, which is uh, they have the other one, and it's in Massillon High School, and it's where he actually coached high school football. Is just down the road from Cleveland. I've been to uh, Cleveland multiple times. This trip is my trip to do the tailgating properly. Okay, okay. So next trip. Next trip yeah. is – yeah, Hall of Fame, I, maybe a week in Ohio, just going around. I actually there bought my dog from Dansfield, south of Mansfield, towards Columbus. <laughs> and then, and then that flew over to the UK. So there's quite a lot of um, Ohio connections. So uh, That's awesome. Yeah, good. Great. And then mine was, uh, so when I was at university, my housemate was a Ravens fan. And okay. he kind of got me into it. And um, he was like, you have to select a team. And the only team I actually knew was because of the Cleveland Browns show. So the guy from Family Guy. So I was like, I'm going to be a Browns fan. 
uh, did not know how bad they were going to be for the last yeah. eight years. Yeah. Um, and then I got a coach over here as well, uh, football. So I've been a defensive coordinator okay. and stuff. And it's just, yeah, my love of the sport. One of the uh, cool things I think um, that I think there's a real similarity between is the loyalty that Browns fans have, an undying loyalty despite 20 years of irrelevance on the national scene. I mean, at least here in the state. I mean, just, just a totally irrelevant franchise for, for up to 20 years in terms of trying to win championships or really trying to win anything. And so now that we're, we're having, I mean, we, we should be four and one. Uh, I mean, very easily could be five and zero. Oh, and we've got you know, you've got Baker Mayfield now, who's very real, who's very very real. And you've got a young great player in Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward. And and now like all of all that you've waited for is starting to is going to manifest. So it's a it's a pretty cool time right now because it's as and I think the loyalty that that I sense from anybody I've ever talked to, uh, you know, from England that as they stay with their teams, like you don't, you don't just go like a popular team, like you stick with your town team and that's it. And there's, there's a lot of that and a lot of similarities here with the Browns. So that my, um, the Ravens fan I was saying about, I've yeah. waited three years to finally have like some pleasure in beating him. Right. I was so time. happy on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> More of it to come. Hopefully. And um, we've done a bit of research on you. Okay. We found out you went to um, a wedding with Britney Spears or she was at the wedding. <laughs> my, my first cousin, this was before uh, Hit Me Baby One More Time. So this is a long time oh. ago. Um, Gosh, you been young now. This, is, this is way back. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I was 19. She was 15 or 16. So it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't legal. And uh, not that there was any sort of, there was no, there was no sort of anything. She was just in the same, I was, but I was, my first cousin did marry her first cousin. Sadly, they're now divorced. Uh, but, but that is, there is, that is a factual. Uh, the claims of fame. Well, yeah. Until Snoop Dogg walked into the studio today. <laughs> yeah. That, that trumps yeah. that one, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you often promote on the show that you like uh, Sunspell uh, t-shirts and pants. I do. I did. I got turned on to those. Um, man, it's been about probably eight or 10 years since I've been turned on to those. And um, I just, they're just perfect underwear. I just don't know what else to say. Like, um, you know, Zagura's always like, well, you know, I like Tommy genre. I'm like, yeah, I have to, I, I, I was talked into buying like a pair of them and they're not, to, I'm not throwing them under the bus, but it's just, they're not in the same league as Sunspell. So that's, that, that every couple years, you know, I get a 10-pack, you know, every couple years, and away we go. So, yeah, that's, the only one, that's all I have. Can you buy them in Cleveland or not? Oh, God, no. I, gotta, I order them. And people think I'm nuts. They're like, wait a second, you get your underwear from England? And I say, yeah, this is what I do. Yeah. Well, the, the shipping's brutal, too. It's always brutal. And they're never on sale. Yeah. In, this, in England, in the sales, they're like 50%, 60% off. So, in January? Come on. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. The the underwear is the, the stuff that goes down on sale the most. So the, uh, the classic white, black, navy t-shirts, they hold their price, £65. But yeah. the, um, the uh, pants, they go well down. So uh, would, I'll do a January shop for you. That's fantastic. I mean, you've saved you, – I mean, because, yeah, I never – I usually, like, twice a year they go on sale, and I'll get, like, the email that says, hey, here's our big sale, and then I go crush it. But, they, but the, it, they're gone in two seconds. They're gone. And uh, shall I get Nathan a pair this weekend? 
So I bring some over for him, get him to wear them. I don't know if he's ready for it. I mean, he's, yeah. I told him, I, I mean, I said, like, look, I'm, I'm giving you my word. Like, I've, I've told him about bourbon. I've given him the whiskeys to drink, and, and those have all worked out. Um, he, he has helped me with Narcos, which uh, I was Great TV show. Yeah, I was worried about the narration. It kind of bugged me at the beginning, but then it, it works out. Um, and then he and I have a shared love of Game of Thrones. But then I, I've also tried to convince him to watch Rome and Deadwood. So I'm working on those things for him as well. But um, he trusts me on whiskey now, so underwear will be next. I, I did see uh, with the research, you like uh, uh, Van Winkle, Papa Van Winkle? Yeah, it's God's whiskey, so I do. Um, and it's, uh, I've been lucky enough to get my hands on some of it from time to time. It's, it's a ghost now over here. You really can't find it anywhere. I don't, I don't know if you guys ever see it on shelves. Yeah. It's never on a shelf. I've never here. even heard of this whiskey. I was in a bar on Saturday. Okay. And I did, I'm, whenever I see it, I always ask the price. Yeah. It was 220 pounds a shot. Yeah. 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 That's what's happened. It's been gouged. It's in the last 10 years, it's been crazy. So and I um, think that was a tw 12 or 20 because 23 would be the best. The 20 is perfect bourbon. It, and 23, that's even. No, it, they got that wrong. It's, it, it's yeah. Asian. They charge more for it, but if the 20 is, if, if you want to say, what is the perfect manifestation of American whiskey? It would be Pappy Van Winkle, 20 year old. And it's just a ghost. So you have to find these other ones, which I've luckily been able to do. And there's these other ones that I, I buy instead. And if I ever get the opportunity, I buy it. It's just, I'm not going to, it's, it's just a ghost now. You just can't find it on shelves. So it sucks. So my favorite um, budget uh, bourbon is a uh, Buffalo Trace. Are you a fan that's or not a fan? Same family. Yeah. So that's the same family. So they're, yeah. And it's uh, that the entry level Buffalo Trace is a, is a fantastic bourbon. It's 25 bucks here, something like that. Um, a couple other in their family that I highly, highly recommend if you can find them are uh, the E.H. Taylor line is really, yep. really good. My, my all-time favorite is the one that got me started in bourbon is Blanton's, which is a delicious yep. bourbon. Eagle Rare is a spectacular bourbon. And probably my favorite, other than Pappy, probably my second favorite bourbon, all of these actually are Buffalo Trace. Probably my second favorite is Elmer T. Lee, which used to be a $28 bourbon around here. And now is uh, is kind of turned into a ghost as well. So, but yeah, you're onto good stuff there with Buffalo Trace. They're, that's where they they do it better than anybody else. Good. Uh, so you mentioned Game of Thrones. Yeah. What is firstly? What's your favorite episode so far? <sighs> Holy cow! Um, I think the most important. I'll change the question. The most important episode was the. I think it was Baylor, the second to last episode of season one when they cut off Ned Stark's head. Because when that happened, it set it allowed it made you go, "Oh my God, nobody's safe." Like if you're going to kill Ned Stark, and you're not even done with the first season, and I was watching it in real time, so there was no, I didn't have spoiler, I didn't have, I didn't, I wasn't streaming it, I wasn't binge watching it, like I was watching it week to week on HBO, which is how I've watched it all the entire run of the of the series, and so when that happened, I remember just and it it went black, and I went, "That can't, that can't be." I mean, that can't be, you can't kill him. That's impossible. And I hadn't read the books, obviously, or anything. So I remember waiting till the next week and thinking, clearly that was a dream sequence. I mean, that you just, in American television, you just didn't have that. You didn't have that type of curveball. And so when that, I, to me, that set it off. And then everything else from Red Wedding to, you know, the Purple Wedding to all the other things that have happened. Um, the last season was just spectacular with, with Danny and the Dragons. But like um, all of that, I think, is all, was all made possible from a television standpoint, because of the execution of Ned Stark. 
which I mean, Sean Bean was the star of the show and they killed yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Crazy. And then who's your favorite character? Uh, Cersei. Uh, you know, I, she, I, I love the old man Lannister the most. Uh, but then when he died on the pot, then you got to go Cersei because she, she plays, she, the only justice in this is if she wins because she's played the game better than anybody else. Jon Snow's a moron. I mean, he's a complete moron. There's no way that guy should win. He, he's, he's, he's screwed up at everything. He's, <laughs> he's yeah, I mean, he he's, should have been dead a thousand times. And then he gets a cheat code. Like he gets a cheat code that he dies and then he doesn't die. That's outrageous. And then, um, Danny's a little too power hungry and I don't know if she's got the ruthlessness for it. Um, maybe we'll find out this season, but I, I think if you think about Cersei, no one has played the game better. I mean, she's, she has really nothing to her advantage other than being from a good family and she's just annihilated everybody else in her path. Just ruthless. I mean, she she's is very ruthless. Might see mine's the onion knight. And the it's onion knight. from the North. I don't even know who that is. The, um, ah, uh, I don't know how to explain him. He's he, um, how do I not know the Onion Knight? Is uh, there another name for this man? I can't remember his other name. Well, let's um, get Googling. Yeah, we'll have to Google that. <laughs> um, but he, he's got the, like the Northern English accent. Um, nice. He helps in the last season. So he's with Jon Snow. He's kind of okay. like the old man. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, they had some guy, but I mean, they, you, so if that's your favorite guy, like you're waiting around for like two minutes every two years for a scene. <laughs> it's the accent. <laughs> like it's the accent that sells it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan, but I do watch it. Uh, what's the uh, little guy called? Uh, Tyrell. Tyrell? Yeah. yeah. I think he's a funny little character. Yeah, they did a nice job with him. I think everybody thinks him, Danny, and John in some way will win, and that's maybe true. But I don't think it would be honest to the show. I think, I think if you think about the spirit of who's won, Cersei should win. My favorite scene is when he won the battle. Oh, yeah, we Black can't water. say it. Yeah. That's my favorite episode, but I didn't want to say it on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, excellent. Good. Jack's texting me as we talk, saying, start talking NFL. So, um, um, <laughs> Damn, it was so much fun talking about whiskey and underwear and Game of Thrones. <laughs> excellent. So tell us um, a little bit about your, um, you, got, you do another show, if I'm correct? Yeah. So yeah. Tell and me, I how, do does, with... how does a, a typical day look for you? So I either do the shows out of Berea or Columbus, depending on where I am that day. And I do um, a show called Bishop and Laurinaitis on the ESPN affiliate in Columbus with former uh, Ohio State and uh, St. Louis, now LA Rams linebacker, James Laurinaitis. Um, so that show touches primarily on college football and then the NFL are, are the two big things that I talk about on that show. And then I've got an hour in between and then I do Cleveland Browns daily uh, after that from, from one to three. And then I do some television stuff in between. And do you drive up to Brea in between or? No, no, it's a two hour drive. So like, it, like if it's, you know, five shows or five shows on each a week, maybe two are in Columbus, three are in Berea, you know, three are in, you know, and vice versa, just depending on how the, how the week works. But because of technology, I mean, and everybody's got such great studios now, you can do it. Okay, great. And at the moment, it's great. Uh, plug uh, Cleveland Browns uh, daily at the moment. You've got Facebook Live, Twitter Live. Joe Thomas in is in all the time. And <laughs> we have, I think what you're seeing, honestly, in the show is just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, I think what, 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 what this show will become, I got added to the full-time roster relatively recently, you know, just starting right up, you know, 
the first week of the season. I'd filled in sometimes, but I'd never, you know, became like a full-time member of the show until, uh, the, you know, the first week of the season. Um, and so we were kind of just thrown into a pot and let's see how this all works. And it's, it, we think it's working pretty good at this point, but I think it's just the tip of the iceberg of what the show can be and will be long-term. Um, and, and I think that what, Browns fans will find is is that we're going to grow with you with this young team and um and and I think you know what you're seeing what we're doing with Facebook live and YouTube and Twitter and all of these things with the streaming I think that's just the beginning um it's amazing like we had uh, Joe obviously on on Monday for Victory Monday and um we had the, the amount of numbers we had streaming were stunning and then for how long people stuck with the show was really remarkable so there's an appetite for it and I think it'll only get to be more and more. Yeah. I must admit, I'm a huge fan of uh, Nathan. And, yeah. Um, Great guy. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I was really gutted, obviously, when you hear about the suspension. Yeah. And it's great to have him back in the uh, building and uh, hopefully on the sidelines soon. Yeah, he'll be there soon. And, uh, yeah, it was hard for me. I mean, I go, I said, I go, geez, you know, the next time you get in trouble, I got to so do two jobs. <laughs> you know, do, do me a favor. Like, let's – Let's stay on the up and up, my friend. So it's awesome having him back. And, and obviously his passion for the franchise speaks for itself. And he's, you know, he's not, a, neither he, the funny thing is, neither he nor I are native Clevelanders. Um, and yet we both chose to raise our families here. So, I mean, it kind of tells you about, you know, that this was someplace we wanted to be and are going to be for a long time. Yeah. Will uh, Nathan be in the stadium on Sunday or not? I think we both will be. Um, I don't know if – not in official capacity, I don't think. For, well, okay. certainly not for me. I'm just going as a fan. And I don't think in an official capacity for him either. But, um, yeah, I think we'll both be there. Well, I hope to bump into you both face-to-face. Yeah, -face. Absolutely. That'd be wonderful. All right. We're going to crack on. Jack's just texting me like crazy, like, come on, Paul, get going, get going. So um, what film title would you say describes the Brown season so far? Uh... I think um, I think what the what the I mean I can try to think of a film title. I think what it is is um, it's the maybe the awakening okay, would make good. sense. I, I think it's what you're seeing is um, you know J John Dorsey used the line that awaken the sleeping giant, and I think that's I don't think anybody in the states even of a certain age is aware of how what it would mean when the Cleveland Browns win. And one thing that I've said on the show a lot is is that. Two, two, and one doesn't do it justice. We're better than that. I mean, we, we were talking on Monday on the show, and I, Nathan asked me, where do you rank the Browns? And I said, somewhere between eight and 12. Um, the record isn't there, but if you, you're talking about missed field goals and a, a robbery in Oakland. So, um, you know, that's, that's five and oh with those two things not happening. So I, I think they're one of the eight to 12 best teams in football right now. And so I would say the awakening, that it will be, this is just the beginning. Yeah, all five games have been so close. Yes. I mean, it's such thrilling. I mean, I've, I'm follically challenged. I'm losing my hair like crazy and it's falling out more and more each and every week. Yeah. And I'm going yeah. gray very early. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. It's crazy. All right. This is a big question on the show. What body part are you willing to give up for the Browns to win the Super Bowl? Uh, let me think what I could do least without. I certainly would give up. Well, no, not. I mean, certainly any, any of the small appendages. I mean, I think you could talk about, you know, as much as a big toe. Uh, I'm still old enough. I still like to golf and play basketball, so I wouldn't want to give up a foot or a hand. Um, I, I've, I think if I gave up an ear Van Gogh style, my kids would finally find me unsightly, so I, don't, I wouldn't want to do that. 
but I would certainly give up a t any of my toe, any of the ten toes, maybe even a couple. That'd be fine. Would you the go good to news three? is I don't have to get rid of any of it. Would you yeah, it's, it's got to be more than yeah. one. It's got to be a few. Would you go to three? Three toes, uh, two on one foot, one on the other. I'll do that. Paul is secretly a cannibal. That's the way he's collecting all these body parts. <laughs> if we win, if we win the Super Bowl, I'm going to go back to every episode. I think we're up to about sixty-five now, and there's going to be a lot of body parts. I think we could be able to put a body together with all the body parts everyone's going to put up. I, I had a Ravens fan on last week. She said she's willing okay. to chop her head off for the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. No, but uh, you're not going to enjoy that much, are you? No, oh, so, uh, well. Fancy I think she was getting greedy. They, they, they won recently. They already won twice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why would you be so desperate? Mm. All right, excellent. Um, this is an exciting part of the show when we bring on the bingo machine. Okay. Oh, bingo. Oh, so what we're going to do is going to ask you some random questions while we're loading up. How many yep. uh, total uh, wins do you think the Browns are going to get this year? Uh, eight. Eight? Is that um No 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 wait a second let me see we got a tie in there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, eight yeah, eight, seven, and one. Eight, seven, and one. After the bye, it gets quite easy. Well, not easy, but easier. Yeah. So. I, I think they'll be fine this week. I think they can I think they can beat uh now LA. And then I think uh, you know, I think Tampa is, is is something that's very doable, and then it you know it's dicey a little bit. But I again I think they're real. I don't think it's a mirage. I think it's only Chiefs I'm worried about in the next few, in the last, next month anyway. Yeah. Are we ready? Big motor. Ball number eight. How many sacks for Garrett? Uh, 11. He's on, isn't he on 5.5 already? No, he's on five. Five, is it? Yeah. No, yeah. six. Or is it six? I think he's... A yeah, did he get, yeah I, I think yeah those start to slow down a little bit number six Mayfield yep Brown's player with the most interceptions uh, caught or thrown uh, caught no wait yeah caught Denzel Ward he's no, already I'm there not. yeah I mean I've, saw, I've seen him I covered him in high school or I'm, I'm sorry I covered him in college at Ohio State He's the real deal. I mean, we talk a lot about Baker on the show, but Denzel's going to be one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL very soon. Yeah, it's obviously at the draft time, everyone was talking about uh, Chubb. Yep. Touch wood, it feels like things are going very well with that pick. Before yeah. You that, John Dorsey knows what he's doing. For Rookie of the Week, which one did you choose? I, told, I chose Denzel. Okay, I chose Denzel. Yeah, I mean, he, those are game changers. You block a field goal and you have an interception inside the five. And Baker played great. I mean, it's just, it's kind of like choosing between your sons. You got to pick one, you know? Play next level. Yeah. And last question. Number two. Brown's player with most yards carried. Uh, it'll be Carlos Hyde. I mean, he leads, I think he leads the NFL in carries. And um, there's, I think Nick Chubb has an incredibly bright incredibly bright and will be a star uh, for the Browns down the road. But I think that right now, and because Carlos is going to have such a head start on it, um, they trust Carlos a little bit more. Nick's not doing all of the little things, picking up pass blocking, that type of stuff, um, which is probably the trust factor. He's electric, as you saw in the Raiders game. He's electric. 
But, um, but I think the overall trust factor isn't quite there the way it is with Carlos. And I think, you know, frankly, the attitude has changed. And now you say if you're the Browns, that you're, not, you're not so much worried about next year because you're saying let's go make the playoffs this year. And that's a pretty big change in phil- uh, philosophy compared to what we thought this season was going to be about. Um, so you're a big Ohio State fan, I believe. Sure, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Cover, yeah, for sure. So I was watching a TV show, <laughs> the QB1, Beyond the Light. Yeah. Uh, so we obviously had Tate Martell in it. Yeah. So do you believe he should have more opportunities? I know Haskins no. has been blowing it up, but... No. Uh-uh. No. Tate Martell is a lot like uh, Oberon Martell, if you want. Uh, very, very, very boastful, very excited. I like him. I think he's got a nice future. Um, but it, for if we stay with the Game of Thrones stream, I think, I think Dwayne Haskins was the prince who was promised. I mean, I think he's... He's going to be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft and you'll see him next year draft time teams needing a quarterback will trade up to take Haskins. Top 10. Yeah, I think so. By the time it's done, he's six, three, he's got a lightning release. He's really accurate. Uh, smart kid knows what he's doing at the ball. He's got a lot of the traits Baker has. He's not probably quite as accurate as Baker. Few are, but he's got a lot of similar traits and I think it's not a huge quarterback draft anyway. So I think people will, will rate you up to get him quickly. Going off the, that TV theme, the other guy that, that went to Georgia, I can't remember his name now. Fields, maybe? Or was it Jake Fromm? Yeah, Jake Fromm, yeah. Yeah. He was, um, I think he was still my favorite out of the three. He was more down to earth. Yeah, yeah, he, he is pretty down to earth. He's, he, and he's a nice player. I, I, don't know, I don't know if he's got an NFL future. I, there, there's a lot of uh, Dick on Tarley in him. I would say. A lot of real loyalty. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, you're probably going to hate me for this question. <laughs> Which do you want to have more success this year? The Buckeyes or the Browns? No, that's an easy question because uh, the Ohio State is just completely spoiled. I mean, Ohio State in college football is like, like Real Madrid or Barcelona. Like, they win every year. Like, there's, no, there's not really anybody ever to worry about. Like, they're at the top of the table all the time. They play for championships all the time. Like, there's not – it's not like that. I mean, for the Browns, it's been forever. So, I mean, it, you know, for the Browns to win and what it would mean, it's, it's not close. So we've seen Ohio State championships, lots of them. Um, but we haven't, unless you're of a certain age, you haven't seen any, the Browns win a championship of any sort. Sure. So definitely the Browns. I've got a, uh, one of our fans' questions. It's a, bit yeah. of a, it's a would you rather question, okay? Oh, I love these. Are you ready for this? Twister. Would you rather fight one uh, bagel-sized raven or 100 raven-sized Bengals? Ravens-sized Bengals. Uh, give me the one. I'm terrified of birds. So 100, the one big bird would terrify me. I mean, that would co- I wouldn't sleep for a month. I, I don't like them. I don't trust them. So the, the one big bird the size of a tiger would fear me. Would be, I'd be more worried about that than 100 tigers the size of ravens. Okay. Well, Ron Johnson, there's your answer. Yeah. And the next question is, what's your um, uh, most memorable NFL memory as a child? Uh, well, the Super Bowl shuffle with the Chicago Bears is a big deal for me when I was very young. But um, I was at the – I think it was Super Bowl 37. It was the Super Bowl 
when the when the Patriots it was Tom Brady's first with the Patriots when they beat the Rams on the field goal kick from Benetieri, and it was um, at, right after 9/11. And so I I ran it. It was crazy. I ran in literally ran into George W. Bush in an elevator, and then Paul McCartney sang pregame. And Mariah Carey did the national anthem, and YouTube played the halftime show and did Where the Streets Have No Name with everybody who had passed on 9-11 on a scroll that went from the 30 to the 30 and filled up the Superdome. And that was, I, that was just the most amazing thing I'd ever seen in my life. And I remember walking into the Superdome that day, and there were like five Apache helicopters just circling because it was the first really major sporting event post 9-11. You knew that there were, the thinking was that there would be a retaliation there wasn't, thank God. Um, but I've, I've been lucky enough to be go to I don't know five, six, seven Super Bowls, something like that. But that one was just on a that was just on another level. Oh, excellent! Uh, a regular question we ask all our guests: What's your very, very, very hot take for the Browns this season? Uh, it, I, 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 guys, if you listen to the show, you know I've been saying this, you know, from Jump Street that six is real. And, um, and he is, and I, I feel like I had it, you know, like I knew he would be what he is and he's been that, and he's somebody who's going to be here for a long time. And, and you have a franchise quarterback. And when I was saying it in, in June and July and in August, perhaps it was a hot take. Uh, now guys, frankly, it's just reality. I think everybody can see that, that he is, he is the stallion who will mount the world. Anything more crazy, something unpredictable, like something unpredictable. See, that was crazy a month ago. Nobody would have believed it. <laughs> it's very it was going to be fine. Um, it's and I was moment, so I know, right? Let me think. Something crazy, a crazy prediction. Um, well, I guess this would maybe be crazy to some because they're you know they're eighty to one. They're not going to win the Super Bowl, but um, I think that they could make. I think they have a shot at making the playoffs, like a real shot to make the playoffs and maybe win the division, but, but perhaps be a wild card in an AFC that's just not that great. I mean, I think that's very real. I've got us going in the wild card. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's appropriate. I think that's very real and should be the expectation based on what we've seen. All right, excellent. So, um, yeah, hopefully we get to meet on Sunday. That'd be great. What, what, what does your game that day normally look like? Well, we do a little brunch. We'll do a little brunch in the morning, and then uh, you, you head down to the stadium and enjoy yourselves, you know? There's no way we'd get you down the um, uni lot nice and early. Well, I've got young children. Okay. And so uh, my babysitter tab, it, it just, it just go, 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 go. So um, we won't leave the home too early. Um, yeah. But if I, if I get down there soon enough, I'd be happy. I'd love to go down there and, and meet up. All right. Excellent. And uh, where can we find uh, your details? In terms of? Um, Twitter, Oh, at Bo Bishop on Twitter. At Bo Bishop on Twitter. And I think it's Bo, at Bo Bishop, T maybe Bo Bishop TV on Facebook. I don't do the Instagram, fellas. I, it didn't take for me. I don't know. No? No. Joe, Tom, Joe Thomas doesn't do it. You don't do it. He doesn't either. I have a great company. <laughs> Nathan, is he on, uh, is he on Instagram? I, I don't know. I don't think he is either. He might be. I don't know. I mean, Twitter's the most effective for me because it's, as, I mean, that's how we got hooked up and um, I mean, I use it as a news stream during the show where if something breaks, I see it there and we can talk about it right away. So, I mean, that's the most effective. Well, maybe like uh, Hawkins got uh, Joe Thomas on Twitter. I'll try and get you on Instagram one day, hey? Perfect. Yeah, we'll work that out. All right, excellent. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, guys. This was fun. Cheers, guys. It's been a blast. Thank you.
There's change coming. There's change.